This is From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. I'm your host, pianist Peter Dugan. You just heard 17-year-old August Beck from Seattle, Washington, perform the first movement of Haydn's piano sonata in C major. You know, we at From the Top really value the engagement our young musicians make with the wider community through their passion for music. But where does that passion come from? To find out, we're going to take a peek behind the curtains into the minds and hearts of young classical musicians. And you're going to want to stay tuned for the whole program, because later we head to Washington, D.C., where we'll pick up my co-host and good friend, the crazy talented and charismatic violinist, Charles Yang. We have a rarely heard duet by Schumann, originally for two voices and now arranged for two violins, and we've got a marimba player who loves basketball. We'll close out the show with the unbridled joy of Washington Performing Arts Children of the Gospel Choir. This group is the real deal, folks. They've played at the National Cathedral, the Kennedy Center. We're just so lucky to have them here on From the Top for our finale. But first, back in the studio, I had the pleasure of speaking with August Beck, the young performer who played that glorious Haydn you heard just moments ago. August, welcome to From the Top. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me. Gosh, we're so thrilled to have you on the program today. And what a performance that was. So much wonderful attention to detail. You obviously um, put so much of yourself into this music and, and really know how to bring out the humor in it. Bravo. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit about your experience here at From the Top August, since I don't think our listeners know just how much is really involved. It's more than just performing a piece of music beautifully, as you did, and more than talking to me. There's also a fellowship. Can you take us behind the scenes as what it's like to be a fellow at From the Top? So, yeah, the fellowship included a cohort of musicians, young musicians, including myself, focused on what it means to be a 21st century musician. And Mm -hmm. one of the top things was engaging in the community. So we got Mm. a great opportunity to plan a community engagement concert. And I was part of a group that did one-on-one concerts. So it involved first interviewing a person who knows little to nothing about classical music or would never seek Mm. it out. And then planning a concert for them and then obviously performing. And I found a a Tibetan uh, immigrant who mm. was exiled uh, from his home country for 48 years, only recently wow. was able to go back. And I, I found a story to be really moving. Um, shout out Mr. Riggs and Tinkai. Thank you for helping me with the, <laughs> the one-on-one recital. And he said that the way he digested music was you know, in the streets or singing at home and that he never had a formal concert experience. So I decided to plan my concert around that and give him like a formal concert experience and also build a program about what it means to go home. So I find that going home is something that's really common in in classical music. There's Chopin in Poland and Rachmaninoff, who was one of the composers that I I chose to put on the the program. And I really wanted to do the the program justice because I thought his story was so moving. So, and that's when I started to realize that what was meaningful to me was playing um, not to an audience, but for one, uh, because I think they're different mm-hmm. things. You know, you play to a huge audience, and I think you play for one person in that. Um, because mm-hmm. I've always felt that the most meaningful experiences that I've had as a performer is when just one person I, comes up to you and says, "Wow, you really moved me." Yeah, 
I think that makes yeah. all the you know waking up early and practicing scales and journey and hanhan worth it. Um, it makes it all worth it. That human connection is what it's all about. Yeah, I felt that because my my audience member said that they he didn't really seek out classical music because he was sometimes maybe intimidated. I think the setting can be formal, but the experience itself should be informal, if that makes yeah. any sense. I have to congratulate you because you recently won a, a big competition. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I went to Indiana for my birthday to g- compete in a competition called the, the Shared um, International piano and violin competition in Goshen, Indiana. I've always wanted to have a performance opportunity outside of Seattle. Man, you must be winning competitions left and right, because the one that I was thinking about was the classical King FM radio station in Seattle. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I was trying to like... You're like, which one. competition? No, I'm sir. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, well, but congratulations on both. And a special shout out to Seattle's Classical King FM radio station, a good friend of ours at From the Top. Uh, August, you know, obviously you're a champion, and I guess that runs in your blood because I understand that your grandmother was an Olympian in the 1964 and 1968 Olympics uh, representing Korea in speed skating. Yes. Right? What what was her name? And and tell me a little bit about her. Um, Well, she's she's hymeny to me. Um, (laughs) Right. She's just, she's grandma. Yeah. Kim Gui Jin, is that, mm-hmm. do Kim I Gui have Jin, that right? Yeah. yeah. And she's, it's funny, I never really knew it until I was maybe in fifth grade. And she always was just, you know, making me Korean food and I was eating it. And I never knew that she had this this great story about, you know, hard work and what it means to go for your dreams um, in a sense. And so yeah. out of a lot of people in my family I think she understands what it means to and she's helped me kind of think about certain things um, especially balancing like you know how much you're going to work and what you're going to achieve and that kind of mm. graph I guess um, yeah yeah and I think the best part is that you know she won't strike you as an Olympian um, she's just so warm and humble and mm. if you talk to her about it, you know, she'll just laugh and act like, you know, it's nothing, it's not a big deal, um, but it is. And so that kind of, of humility is something that I want to carry in my own life because I, I think it's one of the most admirable qualities about her. And she, you know, yeah. she cooks really well too. So that's the second. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so beautiful that you've learned so much from her and I'm sure that she's awfully proud of you and and all that you've accomplished so far in your young life and I'm glad that From the Top can be part of not only your musical journey, August, but also your personal one as well. You're such a great guy. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Peter. 17-year-old pianist August Beck from Seattle, Washington. If you're just joining us, this is From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. I'm your host, pianist Peter Dugan. I want to introduce my co-host on today's program, Charles Yang. He's the violinist and lead vocalist of the genre-bending, classically-trained, Grammy-nominated trio Time for Three. He also happens to be one of my best friends, and we've been musical collaborators for over 10 years now. I'm so excited to have him here. Let's head to the studio to meet Emma Grace Kim. She's a spirited 13-year-old violinist with a passion for blood and guts. Don't worry, it's not nearly as scary as it sounds. 
Welcome to the show, Emma. Oh, hi. <laughs> Are you not the cutest? You're the best. <laughs> Me? Me? That's the best. Wait. Are there any other Emmas? Huh. huh. I didn't know we started. <laughs> okay. Hi. You are such a great musician and so much fun to work with. I've been loving getting to know you. Say what we're going to play. And also, who is this other musician joining us today? We'll be performing two duets by Schumann with Charles Ying. That's right. Charles Yang, our co-host today. Hey, Charles. Hey, Pete. Good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Always great working with you, but today we get to work with Emma. This is such a beautiful collection of pieces, uh, originally for two voices and arranged now for two violins. We're going to play two of them. Shall we all take it from the top? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you. 
That was 13-year-old violinist Emma Grace Kim from Herndon, Virginia, performing Ich bin dein Baum and My Lied, two vocal duets by Robert Schumann arranged for two violins by Alfredo D'Ambrosio. Joining Emma was my co-host for today, Charles Yang on the violin, and of course I was at the piano. Charles, what did you think of getting to work with Emma on that? You two sounded gorgeous together. Man, Emma, it's so great to work with you, and it's so exciting to be able to translate you know, these two voices into our own voices, which is violin. Um, so great work. Uh, I hope we get to do it again. Thank you. So I know you're from a musical family. I saw that yesterday, actually, in rehearsal. Your sister Ella and your brother, who plays classical guitar. Um, what was it like growing up in such a musical family? And um, what does practice look like at home? Um, it's nice to have my sister who plays the piano so she can accompany me and we can practice whenever we need to. But um, we, like, after five minutes of just playing, like, through one page, we start yelling at each other. And then it, like, creates a whole fight in the house because my mom gets mad at us. But <laughs> when I practice with my brother, like, we played Piazzolla together. I'm older than him, so I get to boss him around and yell at him. He's, like, already kind of scared of me, so um, he listens to me and it's not as bad but it's usually my mom yelling at us to practice slower and practice with the metronome is when the fight starts wow i mean that's 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 a lot of music to be listening i mean your mom's got a big job to mm-hmm. be yelling the same thing mm-hmm. to three <laughs> different people my mom had me <laughs> to yell slower um you know yeah. we've actually gotten to know your siblings already a little bit here at from the top your, your sister was on the show already and the two of you performed on a facebook live event during the height of the pandemic uh, there was one moment that has stuck with me. That was the first time I met you, Emma, was on that Facebook Live performance. Can I play you a little clip from that show? Yes. When I get older, I want to be a surgeon because I like blood and I like organs and I like extracting things. And when when I go outside, I usually find bugs and kill them to squeeze their blood and guts out. So that was a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> do you still feel the same way? Yes, I still enjoy going outside and squishing bugs and <laughs> doing that stuff. But I'm also really in- in- interested in science and the human anatomy and just biology in general. So, Well, whether you go with music or medicine, uh, it's obviously going to be amazing. You're so, so talented. Thank you. Can you talk about the organization that you and your sister started called Art For You? My sister's favorite K-pop band is Itzy, so, and my favorite composer is Mozart, so we put it together, It's Art. And um, <laughs> we wanted to add something at the end, so we put we just added For You. We've been going to a Title I school. I recruited a bunch of my orchestra friends who live in the area to come help and mentor the students. And we have about 15 mentors. Um, we have a few artists, violinists, violists, cellists, and pianists. And we go every uh, every week to teach the students and at first we only got four signups so like we were kind of nervous and then we realized that there were 70 students who signed up and we weren't sure how we would handle all these students but the students like don't really remember to come every week so we we don't have all 70 students at once and it's really fun because we um, we get to know the kids and um, we teach them like open strings and really easy stuff so and we do like crafts with them and they seem really engaged, so it's really fun teaching them. But you also play different kinds of music for them, right? Yes. Yeah, like so what? We actually had an assembly to rally all the kids, and some of our mentors played K-pop songs, pop songs, and classical songs. So it was all different types of music. Love that. 
Emma, there's one more thing we have to do. You got a favorite song. Mm-hmm. We don't know that song, but we're going to try it out. We're going to play it with you because that's your, one of your favorite songs. It's a K-pop song called Wannabe by my favorite artist, Itzy. We're so excited to join you for this K-pop tune. As you know, Charles and I love playing all different genres of music, and uh, we love that you enjoy that too. So should we all get together and play some K-pop? Yes. Let's do it. Well, before we do that, I do want to say thanks again, Emma, for being with us, and thank you, Charles. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Violinist Emma Grace Kim, 13 years old, from Herndon, Virginia. Let's play some K-pop. Let's do it. I have to say that was so much fun to do. You know, you might not think that K-pop and classical music have much in common, but young people like Emma, who learn to master a difficult instrument like the violin, have so much fun taking that technique and then applying it to the songs they hear on the radio every day or listen to with their friends. And actually, this has been going on for centuries. I mean, when you think about Franz Liszt, he was doing the same thing, covering the pop tunes of his day. Only, in his case, the pop tunes were Mozart arias. We've been hearing about young musicians' passion for music today, how they find it, sustain it, and what fuels it. For 15-year-old marimba player Rishab Jain, passion often goes hand-in-hand with a sense of peace. Rishab has many facets to his life, and he's passionate about them all. Let's hear Rishab tell his story in his own words. Hello everybody, my name is Rishabh Jain. I just turned 16 a couple days ago, and I am a percussionist, a basketball player, and I am a sophomore at River Hill High School right now. Um, My mom is a singer, she's really good. Um, My sister played violin for a while. She had a lot of influence on why I should pick up an instrument. When my friend in third grade, when he picked up drum set, I thought that was a really cool thing, so I went over to his house. I tried to bang on the drums, and it didn't really work, but I I thought, wow, I should try this. So I started off just focusing on drum set, but lately I have developed my love for marimba more and more. 
Um, I still consider myself a percussionist. I play all the percussion instruments. However, I have to say marimba is my favorite. <laughs> I started playing basketball when I was in third grade. Um, before that, I was heavily focused on soccer, but after my parents told me I really wasn't that good at it, I decided to switch and focus on basketball. My best friend actually lives right next to me, and his dad and him are also extremely focused on making him the best basketball player he can be. And through his mentorship, through our friendship, I've developed a lot as a person and a basketball player. Um, we still often go to the gym together, um, and compete in a one-on-one, two-on-two, things like that. And at our gym, I am one of the only Indian um, hoopers that goes, and my best friend is actually one of the only Korean hoopers that also goes. There's typically that stereotype of Indians and Koreans aren't the greatest athletes. However, I think we, we've, worked, we've worked enough to break that stereotype and have others in the gym respect us just as much as they respect other great athletes. Someone I really look up to is um, Varun Ram. He went D1 at Maryland for basketball and he is Indian. He lives right up the street from us and it's really cool to see how someone of the same ethnicity as me can do something like that. And then after he went D1, he's doing his PhD at Stanford now. And that's just, that's extremely cool to see how um, you can be both, you can be great at everything. And I'm really working to be that type of person too. I'm part of a rock band that originated when I was in seventh grade. Um, the name of our band is The Cough Drops. It's kind of an inside joke. We would often bring cough drops to our earlier practices just to eat them like candy, um, not because we had sore throats and we went through bags and bags over weeks. We started off as extremely small, just five members, I believe. Um, we would just mess around after school, see what we could play. We had three songs at the point at the time. And now we have developed to having over a hundred songs, I believe. And we actually just signed with an agency to um, sign us for some gigs and things like that. So we have a lot of cool things coming up and I really hope that um, we can get to the top level one day. My religion is Jainism. It's an extremely peaceful religion, and we focus a lot on nonviolence and multiplicity of viewpoints. So Jainism doesn't actually have any gods. We do have, however, liberated souls that have set out a path for us, the path to liberation. And the ultimate goal is eternal peace, though through our prayers, um, we do try to instill a sense of peace in ourselves. This really takes away all the anger and excitement and all the emotion throughout our day and helps us calm down and um, like become peaceful. <laughs> you can get very expressive on the marimba and truly express yourself and what you're thinking. I love to think about topics that are part of my life and it kind of just comes to me when I play marimba nowadays. 
Um, I think about my religion. I think about my friends. I think about what's going on, what I have to do. And you can get extremely expressive. It's just an extremely cool instrument to play. Thank you.
That was 15-year-old percussionist Rishab Jane from Clarksville, Maryland, playing Blake Tyson's A Cricket Sang and Set the Sun. I loved that performance by Rishab. He really knows how to find the space between the notes and enjoy the calm and, and the quiet. And obviously that's true for him in his life in general. He's someone who knows how to find inner peace. And I think music can really help young people find that sense of serenity. Perhaps we don't talk enough about the positive role that music can play in a young person's mental health, but we should because it comes up so frequently, especially since the pandemic. Charles and I are going to really dive into this subject in our chat with our next performer, the passionate and deeply sensitive 16-year-old cellist, Kyle Rue. And we've got Kyle coming up in a minute, but first we have to take a break. Don't go away, though. Still coming up, we've got the Washington Performing Arts Children of the Gospel Choir. Today's program is possible thanks to the generosity of the late Earl Kahlberg. Mr. Kahlberg was a piano technician and a longtime listener to From the Top. He was really inspired by hearing our young musicians share their stories. He loved to learn about their path to music, and he wanted to ensure that future generations of young classical musicians will continue to be supported. Mr. Kahlberg's estate is a member of From the Top's Plan Giving Society that offers benefits and recognition during an individual's lifetime. Thank you so much to the estate of Earl Kahlberg. You can learn more at fromthetop.org. You're listening to From the Top, and I'm pianist Peter Dugan. Did you know that From the Top posts short, beautiful videos of our young musicians every day? The series is called Daily Joy. Treat yourself to youthful inspiration daily. Sign up at fromthetop.org. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need. jkcf.org. And from the Massachusetts Cultural Council, a state agency connecting young people with the arts in schools and in their communities. Learn more at massculturalcouncil.org. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age. Welcome back to From the Top. I'm your host, pianist Peter Dugan. I'm so grateful to be with you again this week and every week. Thanks to the generosity of Susan and Gerald Slavitt, who sponsor my position as host here on the show. And a big thank you to the Jack Kent Cook Foundation. We're so happy to have JKCF as partners. We are able to give 20 scholarships of $10,000 each year to young musicians who have financial need. And this scholarship can make a huge impact on the life of a young artist, whether that's purchasing a new instrument, covering the costs of music lessons with their dream teacher, or even paying for trips around the country to apply for the colleges that are at the top of their list. Please go to fromthetop.org to learn more or to apply. My co-host Charles Yang and I are headed back to the studio in Washington, D.C. now with 16-year-old cellist Kyle Rue. He and I will perform the first movement of Schumann's Fantasiestücke, Opus 73. Thank you. 
That was 16-year-old cellist Kyle Rue from Burke, Virginia, performing the first movement of Schumann's Fantasiestücke. I was at the piano. I'm Peter Dugan, and I'm here today with my co-host, violinist Charles Yang. Charles, I love playing that piece with Kyle. What do you think? Man, y'all sounded so good, so personal, so um, colorful, what you guys came up with. You know, yeah. so different, too. You know? Thank you. Thank you. It, it was beautiful, Kyle. Really, just such a personal performance of that piece. Uh, Kyle, you've opened up about some of the struggles you've had with, with health, with, with physical health, but also then how that affects mental health. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to, to talk with us a little bit about it because you've been so strong through it. And, and also, I know that music has played a huge role in helping you through those struggles. Yeah, music saved my life, what can I say? Um, mm. It's the reason why I'm here. Um, in middle school, uh, I would, uh, I guess, well, now that I think about it, I, I call it as teasing, but then, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't in the greatest uh, headspace, head and, mm. you know, I, I would be bullied um, and be called a bunch of, you know, things that weren't very nice um, about my body, and uh, at the time, that would just only, only hurt my confidence even more. Mm. And it it just started to get rock bottom to the point where, you know, I would have thoughts about not wanting to be in this world anymore. And there'd be a lot of those occasions, you know, like uh, nights where I would lay in bed and, and just cry because, you know, the things that would happen at school would just, mm. it just would hurt me. But um, the reason I was able to get through a lot of that was honestly because of music. Um, mm. Cello was the reason why... I was able to um, forget about all those things. And it was my coping mechanism mm. to um, just get my mind off of it. That's the only thing that got my mind off of it. And really, the I'd say the main two people that I could think of right, right off the top of my head that always, always were um, there for me were my school orchestra teacher, Mrs. Rupert, and my um, less my teacher my private teacher at the time Kenneth Law mm. they were the most uh, bright bright people that I've ever known and they always put a sm- my smile on my face and they always were there for me and you know coming from a background like an Asian background mm-hmm. it's it's not always the easiest because you know they always expect you know all these oh you know you know as long as you get all A's and you do all this then you're good but you know they never got around to asking me like you know, how are you? Like, really, like, how are you? Or even if they would ask, I would just play it off. But, you know, really, I was not not in a good space. And so, um, but cello was was the reason I was able to get through all of that. And mm. I feel like that's my sole purpose in life is to just share what I, um, share what I have to the world. And I think that's really important to me, so. Absolutely, man. I, I relate to that so much. I know how much my parents love me and how much they've supported me in my career and what I love most, which is music. Um, and so, but sometimes it's 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 hard to express those out loud at, at you know at home. It's healthy to talk about these things, you know, out loud. Um, kind of make aware that you're not alone. Um, for me, it was you know Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto. That was like. That was, I heard it, and I was like, I got to play that, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, me too. El- Elgar Cello Concerto for me, actually. The oh, first no. time I heard that, I remember um, Yeah, it was my first year playing. It was a few months in, and I was searching up on YouTube, Cello Prodigy, and the person was uh, Sujari Britt, and she played, in that video, in the documentary, she played um, an excerpt from the Elgar Cello Concerto, 
And in the first movement, there is this part where it has this the big scale. I'm sure you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as I heard, I, 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 I I'm, I'm not even joking. I got chills and goosebumps down my back, and that was like, oh, I didn't even know that was possible. Like, <laughs> and so yeah. that's when I was like, well, I really want to play that. So then I started to grind, and like, it was so it was never it was never really. Um, my parents forcing me to do anything really they were if anything they were like telling me to stop practicing because you know it would be getting late and we live in a townhouse so you know <laughs> the neighbors like if we practice past like maybe 10 30 we could probably get evicted so they, they would always be like please stop and like our house is really small so like you can hear it from the bedroom all the way upstairs if i'm in the basement so um they, they never really forced me it was just always just me and and i just i guess i just loved it that much that and i just, you're dedicated yeah. Yeah. You're really dedicated. That's a real gift, you know, um, and, and keep that up, really. Thank That's you. A, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. It's so, so great to have met you, Kyle. Um, as I said, we all believe in you so much. The Jack Kent Cook Foundation believes in you. You mm. are one of our Jack Kent Cook young artists. Um, and I just can't wait to see where your journey continues to take you Um Thank you again, and, and thank you, Charles, for being with us, too. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Kyle. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Kyle Rue, 16 years old, from Burke, Virginia. Music is a powerful force, but so are the teachers who guide and support the young people we meet, as we just heard in Kyle's story. And I have to give a shout-out to his teachers, Ann Rupert and Kenneth Law. And actually, a big thank you to all the music teachers out there who do so much for their students. Thank you. And speaking of great teachers, we got to meet one powerhouse teacher and see her in action, Michelle Fallon, beloved choir director of the Washington Performing Arts Children of the Gospel Choir, who are up next. Michelle's energy, passion, and skill for teaching is truly inspiring, and you're going to hear about her impact on her students momentarily. But first, let's hear this performance. This song says, Weeping may endure for a night. But in the morning time, joy comes. So here's some joy coming your way now, a really uplifting way to end our show.
You heard the Washington Performing Arts Children of the Gospel Choir under the direction of Michelle Fallon with soloist Pierce Pearson perform Joy Comin' by Brent Jones. And joining me at the mics now are Kai Malone and Cameron King, 17-year-olds from here in the D.C. area. And wow, what a performance. You two, I mean, the whole, no one can see it, of course, we're on radio, but all of you were dancing. You were, I think, Cameron, I literally saw you <laughs> jumping up and down at yeah. the end. And and all of us on the from the top staff here were feeling that joy. It was so palpable. Bravo, both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. So, first of all, welcome to From the Top. Thank you for having us. And I'm so glad that you are representing your choir. This choir is like a family, right? Like Cameron, what are some of the joys and also challenges of being part of this? big family for so long being with cotg the joy that comes with it you just you have so much fun every day what is whether rehearsal or performance or backstage you're just having the time of your life um everyone's great everyone has their unique personalities and that Mm -hmm. makes them shine bright and that's what makes our choir shine bright but you know big personalities come with like some (laughs) challenges you know people want (laughs) to talk over sometimes or share their opinions when sometimes it's time to just focus and, you know, do our task. But our choir is just amazing and it's all love. Yeah, exactly. And that sounds like any big happy family. Well, if COTG is this big happy family, then the head of the family, of course, is your fantastic director, Ms. Michelle Fallon. Can you tell me a little bit about her philosophy in how she leads you and how she creates this magical environment? Kai. Sure. So I'd say Miss Fallon teaches us how to be excellent in what we do, how to carry mm-hmm. ourselves in a professional environment. And not only that, but she asks us how we're doing. I remember when we were on Zoom, we'd have sessions where we'd just spend the entire rehearsal talking about our mental health and how things were going in our lives. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that you don't get in every choir. So that's this was sure. really special. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wonderful quality. You're so lucky to have a, a mentor like that. Cameron, what's a a particular performance or venue that uh, stands out in your mind that the choir has performed at? I would say a memorable venue would be the Kennedy Center. We sing there every year. No big deal. (laughs) Yeah, we sing there every year. And it was my first year. And we're singing the song called We Shall Be Changed by Sean Tillery. And I think midway in the song, we were holding this like long note. And I was just I would say caught up in the spirit Mm -hmm. because I was just with a group of youth that were able to portray what God wants others to hear and others to understand Mm -hmm. in life. And so it was just, it was amazing. It was breathtaking. Yeah. And, and a a experience that obviously stayed with you and you'll probably never forget. What about you, Kai? Something memorable that you've performed either a place you've performed or so one of my favorite memories is when I sang the National Cathedral for the first time Mm. and it was a Sunday and we were walking towards the building and it was very windy like the wind was pushing up against us I was like this is kind of fun I get inside (laughs) and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. I had never been in the um, National Cathedral before that so I was just amazed I was like it's gorgeous in here. The acoustics are amazing. So I was so glad to be able to perform there. I'm glad you mentioned performing at the National Cathedral because, of course, this is a gospel choir, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we recorded you today in a beautiful studio here in D.C., um, but, I mean, this is church music. And I, I grew up playing organ in a, in a gospel church in North Philadelphia, um, 
so I, I know a little bit about how important it is with gospel music that um, there's a message that's so important to every single song. I think that believing what you're singing makes it so much easier. Like if you're mm. learning the song and you're, you're feeling it, all the nuances are just already there because you believe it and you're feeling it. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's something we have when we sing our songs. Yeah. That, <laughs> I wish that everyone could take that and apply it to every piece they perform, mm-hmm. it, whether it's a spiritual or not. You have to believe what you are sharing on stage. Um, thank you both again for sharing joy with us today. Um, quite literally, it was absolutely a pleasure to have you both on From the thank Top. You thank you for having you. us. Seventeen-year-old Kai Malone and Cameron King, members of the Washington Performing Arts Children of the Gospel Choir here in the D.C. area. Well, Charles, before we say goodbye, we're being joined once more by our friend Kyle Rue here, the great cellist who we heard earlier. Uh, Kyle, the three of us are going to play something to take us out of the program. What are we going to be playing? We're going to be playing a hymn called In the Garden by Austin Miles. It's a beautiful hymn. Thanks so much for introducing us to this piece, Kyle. Before we play it, I want to thank all of our young performers today for sharing not only their music with us, but also their humanity. And to you, listening at home or in the car or while shoveling snow from the driveway, thanks for listening. I'm pianist Peter Dugan. Please join us next week, and we'll take it from the top. Charles, one of the best things about having you here to co-host with me is that now you and I get to play a piece together, and we've got a really special one lined up. Talk about what we're about to play. Oh, yeah. Well, this next piece is um, it's a traditional Chinese folk song. Uh, it's called Ambush from All Sides, originally written for pipa, the, uh, the Chinese traditional instrument. And uh, originally I had uh, just transcribed it for 
arranged it actually, arranged it for solo violin. Right. And uh, just from playing a bunch of times on our shows, I would just be playing it solo. I I would look over and I, I would could get, see you itching oh, man, to play. I'd, I'd get so jealous. You just wanted to be on that. It was a great solo violin arrangement, but I really wanted to participate. And you made it way better. Oh, now thank it's you. our arrangement of oh. Ambush from all sides. It's a fun one. I you know, I I like this arrangement because I get to play inside the piano, bang on the strings, do some wild effects to try to imitate the sounds of horses and swords clashing. I mean, this whole piece of battle. Yeah. You've told me depicts this battle. Um all right, shall we play this from the top? Let's do ambush from all sides from the top.
Big thank you to Jan Lodel for his generosity and hospitality in offering up his gorgeous house for our rehearsal space in McLean, Virginia. It was a highlight for sure for all the families and those of us at From the Top who had the privilege to be there. A big shout out to the Washington Performing Arts Gospel Band members, Anthony Walker on keys, Hamilton Hayes on bass, and Tim Steele on drums. Such stellar musicians. From the top, we'd like to thank all the recording studios that helped us produce this show. London Bridge Studio and Eric Lillevois, and over at Q Studios, thanks to Ken Schubert, Blaine Meisner, and Dusty Rose in Falls Church, Virginia. Thank you for your help. From the Top is produced by Megan Swan and Jessica Tickton. Sound design and music editing by John Escobar, with editing and mastering by Rodrigo Cuenca. Our production manager is Amanda Roth. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear on our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts. On the web at arts.gov. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at visitma.com. And from Dignity Memorial, dedicated to celebrating each life with compassion and attention to detail, they help to plan life celebrations now so families don't have to later. Learn more at dignitymemorial.com. And from the listeners who support this NPR station.